and welcome back to the seventh episode of Books R Us. We are super excited for this podcast because it is a great read. Wait, new listeners don't know our name. I'm Yuskan. Hey, it's Vidya. Oh yeah, and I'm Ariana. Oh my gosh, can you believe all of this warm weather we're having? I finally get to wear shorts and dresses. I mean, winter has been hanging around a little long here in Iowa. Like, it was freezing in April. I know. I mean, it's like 75 degrees out. I am loving this warm weather. I can't wait to get outside. But hey, let's not jinx ourselves. I mean, come on. Anything could happen. After all, it was snowing literally three weeks ago. Well, let's just dive into the book so we can make the most of this warm weather. So, the novel is, drumroll please, The Night Diary by Vera Hiranandani. The Night Diary is about 12-year-old Nisha. Her father is Hindu, which is a type of religion for those who don't know, and her mother is Muslim, which is also Indian religion. In case you guys didn't know, this caused a lot of conflict, and many of their family and friends didn't like it, how a Muslim and a Hindu were marrying. Anyways, Nisha's mother died while giving birth to Nisha and her twin brother, Amil. Nisha and Amil are pretty much best friends. Anyways, the story takes place in Mirpur Khas present-day Pakistan. Back then, Pakistan and India were the same country. Oh yeah, and jumping in, um, in case you didn't know the year, it's 1947, which is very important because this was when the Great Partition was happening. This it was a war between um, India and Pakistan. Yeah, so this is uh, where India got free between from the British rule. But as a result of this, there was agreement that India would split into two, India and Pakistan. India for Hindu people and Pakistan for Muslim people. But this led to disagreements and brutal fights. Everyone had to resettle in their original country, the country where their religion is. This is the time period that Nisha is living in. Yep, that is super important to the storyline because if you didn't know that, then the whole book doesn't make sense. You guys know a lot about that. So let me introduce you to the main characters in the book. First off is Papa. Nisha's dad is very strict, stern, and, and is not soft and loving like Nisha would imagine her mother to be. He is a doctor and therefore has to spend a lot of time at the hospital. Nisha refers to her dad as Papa in the book. Next up is Nisha's grandma, or Daddy, who is taking care, who is caring, loving, and kind. Daddy is one of the one who is the one who takes care of Nisha and Mill when Papa isn't home yet. After that is Emil, her twin brother, who is pretty much the polar opposite of Nisha. He is bold and loud, and he doesn't do too well in school. And he sees the world as art. He is creative and kind-hearted. Nisha is also kind-hearted, but the similarities stop there. She is shy and quiet, and she excels in schoolwork. Therefore, Emil feels that Papa favors her over him. And last but not least is Kazi, Nisha's cook. Nisha and Kazi have a very special and strong relationship. She is always in the kitchen cooking with him. And even though they aren't blood related, they are definitely family. Nisha feels like she doesn't have to say anything to Kazi and it would never be awkward. So the story is about a long treacherous journey of having to leave Mirpur Khas, Pakistan, for India just because they were considered Hindu. Don't forget, there is also danger lurking around every corner. So as I said earlier, I can sort of relate to this book because my grandma was actually in Pakistan during the Great Partition. 
and she had to go on to India on a train, which happened to be very dangerous at the time. Let's just say this could be connected to the book. <laughs> Mysterious, huh? Okay, are we finished up with the intro? Yeah. Okay, so let's go on to the first question. Question ik. Ooh, Hindi. In case you didn't know, Muskan just said one in Hindi, which is very different from English, isn't it? <laughs> so, how would you rate this book from a scale from one to five? So, I would most definitely give this book a five, no doubt about it. The novel was engaging, I was really intrigued, and I loved the fact that the author kept going on in the end instead of having an abrupt ending. Yeah. Also, I really liked the words she used. What I mean by this is she used really strong words, and she really described the culture great. So she was culturally accurate. She included many food representatives of their culture. And some examples of this are when she talked about um, rice, lentils, turmeric, um, dal, paratha with potatoes, kaju cutli, all of this stuff that um, sounds familiar to me and probably Muskan and Vidya too, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. So um, I also liked when she described the clothing, um, the langa, the turbans, the um, hijabs. The, um, the langa and the turbans are more, um, well, the turbans are Sikh, the first of the Sikh religion. The hijabs are for the Muslim religion, and the langas are more what, you know, everybody in India kind of wears. So um, I can also, sorry, I can also connect the book to my grandma, like I told you earlier. And so... Us three, we've all done a project on India. You guys remember that? Yeah. Mm -hmm. And we also have a lot of background on it. So a lot of the verbal usage um, rang a bell. And so I've been to India about 10 or 11 times, so that adds background to the knowledge. That's and, mm -hmm. okay, so one of my favorite things was the diary form. And I know you might have a question on this. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so it was very unique. And it was a really hard change as well. I just want to jump in and say that was in the ending. So I can't tell you much about that, but yeah. So I would also give this book a five, because I could relate to the book. <laughs> I mean, I've been to India, not as many as you have, but yeah. I've been to it like probably five times maybe. Nice. And all of us um, were, so my family is Indian, so I know the culture, and so are the, theirs. Well, I wasn't alive in 1947, of course. But it felt as if I was, because yes. I knew what the author mm -hmm. was talking mm -hmm. about, the food, clothing, and the basic terms that she loved me. I love bringing up quotes up. You guys know that. Yes. Mm -hmm. And just for your information, the book jacket includes a quote by Kimberly Verbrecher Bradley, and she's one of our favorites. She yes. says, Nisha's sweet, sheltered world disappears overnight when her country splits into two. Now Hindus must leave, live in India, Muslims in Pakistan. But Nisha's boast, where, but Nisha's boast, where can her family be safe? Hirandhanani's story is set in historical time, little known to American children, but she tells it in a way that makes it excessively time, timely, interesting, and real. Unquote. This quote was um, said by Kimberly Brubaker Bradley, the author of the Newbery Honor uh, winning the war that saved my life. I really liked that quote, Miss mm -hmm. Gone. I'm glad you brought that up. <clears throat> and the, co the connection is that we actually did a podcast um, about the war that saved my life, um, but it was actually the sequel to that, the war that I finally, that I finally won. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So I also love the quote, Muskan. Really cool that an author of a book that we featured on this podcast has read this book. So I would give this book a five as well because 
Well, we can all relate to this book. Yeah, and adding on to that, we're, we are not the only ones who know about this culture. I bet we have many listeners that are also very supportive of our podcast and also know about the religion and the culture. Also, no one is truly American in this room, unless they're Native Americans. <laughs> we all come from different places. If everyone has a different religion, then we learn from each other. Everyone knows a little about most cultures. Exactly. We are so lucky to be in such a diverse country. So, also, I really admired the book because of its cool, suspenseful elements and how there were ex exciting and engaging cliffhangers. Vera used many elements of action, su suspense, and other things that made this book a true page-turner. So I really love how she wrote historical fiction. It added to the story and made it even more emotional because you know the events happening in the book actually actually happen in real life and it gave more meaning to the book. Yeah. Because like you you know that somewhere back then that actually happened to someone it's, and it's it real gives life. Yeah, yeah, and it and it gives it a really different level of depth and it teaches kids more about history. Okay, so I am literally jumping out of my seat to talk about this, guys. I can't hold up any longer. Let's talk about this amazing format of writing. It was so unique and cool and awesome and set this book apart. Ariana, would you care to explain? Always. So, this book is written in diary form. Yes, guys, it's a series of letters. These letters are meant for her mother, who passed away, like we said before. Yeah, it was like a... Even if it was like a past tense diary, meaning like yeah, like like um, how you write a diary after the event happens. Yeah, you know what I mean. So you, even if it felt like this, I thought I could that the content was so well done. Well, I don't know how to explain it, but it was like it was happening then and there. It was strong and meaningful, and it flowed nicely. And it wasn't the typical chapter form. It was unique. It showed how much she missed her mother, but. One thing that I saw was um, that Nisha, she never really met her mother. So, so. It's, it's like um, connection, but they never actually met. Yeah, so she can't really know someone, well, she can't really miss someone she's never met. Yeah. And they didn't really have a bond. She didn't know what her mother was like, but in her diary she men mentions like how she imagined or and what how, she thought about her yeah, mother. Yeah, and Kazi tells her about how mm -hmm. her mother was. Oh, yeah. Interesting. I thought differently. It was kind of like dialogue, Nisha and her mother speaking with each other. Even though they weren't really talking, they were still communicating. And the letters had such a deep meaning. It was like a story within a story. What I mean by this is that Nisha is basically telling her mom a story. And I'm going to have to disagree with Miss God when I say this, but I think they did have a bond. Nisha had such a strong love for her mother and that she wrote letters almost every day explaining what happened that day. Even though she didn't even know her mother, Nisha still loved her mother. Great points, guys. Just like Ellie Schwartz, Vera is on YouTube. She has her own channel, but she visits many different channels as well. Let's talk about it. Oh, and her website. Oh my gosh, I want to talk about that too. So, great idea. So in her channel, she has uh, short book previews. And there was one about the whole story of Half a Girl, which is also a book by her. And there was one with a woman, Donalyn Miller, 
and she, they discuss about Night Diary. And there's so many f videos featuring her about her talking about her books, which are kind of like really interesting. Mm -hmm. So if you're interested in the book, you can check it out. You search Vera Hiranandani, that's V-E-E-R-A-H-I-R-A-N-A-N-D-A-N-I. And um, I also found this really ironic how our, la our latest podcast was on Smart Cookie by Ellie Schwartz. And um, she had a YouTube channel and we came across Vera's as well. Um, and in Ellie Schwartz, she had a video of her cooking and, and talking about the book. Um, I think they were baking cookies, is that right? Yeah. Yeah. So, um, and then Vera also has where there's she's cooking and talking about the book, which is really cool. And if you want to find Ellie Schwartz's Smart Cookie um, YouTube videos, go ahead and check out our latest podcast, which is on Smart Cookie, and you can find it on YouTube. So, there were many powerful phrases in the novel. What have you learned from these quotes? How does Vera include the point of view change? Yeah, so going back to the listeners connecting, you know, with um, other people having the same religion or knowing about the culture, I also feel like the book was very heartfelt and there were many powerful quotes. The theme, I think, was really sad, and I don't know if this was the complete theme. I think it may have been one of the minor ones, but it, as Muskan brought it up, you can't miss something you've never had. But Nisha doesn't think that way. Um, she has a connection, because mother, mm -hmm. daughter, you know, they're always going to love each other, even if one isn't with, with one, they aren't with each other. So, uh, do you have a quote? Oh, yeah. So, there's this quote that I really wanted to share. It was, Dadi will get better, or she won't. We will get to our new home, or we won't. Which was really sad, because it pulled at my heartstrings, just because um, it was like, it's a do or a don't situation, and they have, it's like they're stuck between a rock and a hard place. Well, I shouldn't really tell you the name, because that's going to give away the end. But I can just tell you the quote, and maybe just uh, yeah, show you. Yeah, tell them what Nisha said about her. Yeah. So, quote, Mama, I have a real friend who I can talk to. Can you believe it? So, like, this shows the racial differences. It doesn't make a difference. And, like, she never had a friend except um, Emil. And now she can have someone she can talk to, like, and doesn't have to change who she is. And just before the trip, she kind of lost hope in finding a friend. Also, um, it shows that don't take things for granted, such as friends, because there's some people in the world who can't have friends because of these racial disagreements, which really are super unfair. So mm -hmm. I would just say, like, appreciate your friends, because, mm -hmm. um, and never take anything for granted. Yeah, and they'll yeah. always be there for you. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So there were so many different excerpts in the novel that I loved. I just can't pick. All of them had such a deep meaning to them. Every single word in the book counts. They were all so strong and meaningful. And Nisha said many things that made my heart melt, such as what Muscan brought up and what Ariana brought up. Overall, the mood changed over and over again, and you don't really know what to expect in this book. For example, Nisha might be happy one scene, saying how wonderful her home is and how everything is perfect and how she's so happy and i feel happy inside when she says that but in the next scene she might be describing how hard it is to leave that home her home and all her friends and all everything behind and that 
That makes me feel bad. Yes, I agree with you. So, do you guys want to wrap it up? Sure. Yeah. So, the first thing we need to do is feature a book that we think all of you listeners would enjoy. This book is actually in the Explosive Tracks series by Reynolds. It's about one of the characters in Patina, a book we did on a podcast on previously. So the book is Lou by Jason Reynolds. This book hasn't come out yet, but it will in October of this year. So, so far the series is in order. It is Ghost, Patina, Sunny, and it just came out. It's really good. I really recommend Sunny, Ghost, and Patina. And Lou will be added to this amazing series. And I can't wait for Lou to come out. But I have some catching up to do. I still have to read Sunny. Yes, it is a super good book recommendation. I would say anyone can read it. It is more to a wider audience, so many people can relate to it. And do you guys want to move on to the usual thank yous? You know, the drill. <laughs> so thank you, Miss Hornick, for spending countless hours editing the podcasts and getting these amazing ARC copies for us. Thank you, Mrs. Campbell, for everything, helping us edit, record, and get those ARC copies as well. Also, our listeners, without all your support, we wouldn't be doing this right now. And lastly, thank you, Vera Hiranandani, for writing this amazing book. Thank you, and we'll see you next. Wait, 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 wait. <laughs> Before we officially wrap it up, I forgot that there is one comparison I have been wanting to make, which is a little sad, but I forgot to mention it. And there wasn't really a question that it fit in with. So, um, so I... The connection that I'm making is between all of our podcasts. All of the most of them don't really like have mothers, if that makes sense. Here, I'll explain it. So in Patina, her mother didn't have. Um, her mother had diabetes, and she lived with her foster mother. And um, I believe she only got to see her mother once every um, Sunday, which is really sad. So she, her mom was basically gone. And in the war, I finally won. Oh, yes. Um, Ada's mom passed away during the Blitz. But that wasn't a sad thing because her mom was really mean. <laughs> but And then in Mason Buttle, his mom passed away. I don't remember how. I believe it was like a storm and like a car crash. Oh, yeah. oh, my gosh. I just realized that, too. Oh, yeah. I don't, yeah, I don't remember how Mason Buttle's mom passed away, but I know he missed her. And then um, in the end of the wild... Um, her mom died in a car crash. Um, remember Miller's truck Milner. hit Milner? Yeah, um, his truck hit her car. And then in Smart Cookie, the mom also passed away in a car crash. Oh my gosh! And finally, Night Diaries, um, their mother passed away giving birth. And hint, our next book, the mother is sadly not alive because of the same reason that Nisha's mother isn't alive. Yeah, but you missed a book, Train of Lost Things. Marty did have a mom. Well, his mom was kind of not there at the same time because his dad was sick, so she had to take care of him. Well, yeah. well time for goodbyes. But I don't want to leave. Me neither. Well, this time we have to go. We actually have to get back to class. Miss Hornick's rating. Okay, then. Three, two, one. Bye! And you will be hearing from us next time on Books Are Us.